ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show on a... Give me all you got! Give me all you got! Give me all you got Friday. I know I uh, make fun of Nasty Nick all the time for constantly saying football is back. But that backyard brawl pit West Virginia, that was fun. College football, it's back. It's back. I mean, tomorrow is the Saturday. The tailgates will be flush. Cajuns kick off at Cajun Field, a full slate of games, the bad beats, the epic wins, the celebrations, it's all on. It's here. It's here. That is reason to be excited. Dr. Brian Maggard, uh, athletic director for Louisiana, will join me at about 740-ish, 745 this morning. Um, We'll have a uh, couple of employees from Twin Peaks that'll be in in the 8 o'clock hour, back end of it, to talk about tailgating, and we'll give away some gift cards then. But kicking off the show with us this morning, while it's nice to be excited about college football, for Saints fans, it feels like a lot of momentum over the last couple of days has evaporated. And, um, you know, let's just say that uh, the mood around the building, it can change quickly. Has it changed for this guy, Gus Cadgill, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent? Good morning, Gus. How are you? Hey, man. Good morning. How are you? Who would have thought that uh, Aaron Cromer, former interim Saints coach and O-line uh, coach, had something in common with Marcus May? They like to, uh, they like to threaten teenagers, allegedly. Uh, they like to just threaten teenagers that uh, run their mouths a little bit. Yeah, man. That, um, that was... I mean, when you that report come across yesterday and then you read the police report you know it's um it, it gives you pause right i mean it gives you pause to just um sit there and be like well, what's going on man um because i think what's even more remarkable to me is some of the reaction when you look at some of the comments um even before the police report or after by saints fans and you know, I don't, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just kind of. I always say this: when, when it's a player that's on your team, or you know, you root for, Scott. Uh, fans always will say, "Well, you know, let's let's wait for more information," or you know, that can't be true, or they're out to get him and who you are and things of that nature. And when it's somebody on another team that you oppose, right? It's always, ah, oh, you know, that guy is this and that. So. I, I just look at it from a perspective of, you know, whether it's a, watching enough um, law and order CSI dude or just actually knowing people in, the, you know, law enforcement. To get an arrest warrant, you have to have some sort of evidence. And um, whether that was a photo, whether that was a video, something over the last three days before they actually went to arrest him, they 
had to have found out who that was and who he was. And, you know, I, I like I said, I just, I, I read some of these comments so they knew who he was. And like, I, I mean, unless you've got a license plate and you know who that is, I, I would probably argue right now, 85, 90% of Saints fans probably couldn't tell me one characteristic of Marcus May, hair, eyes, face, I mean, something, you know, and quite honestly, like, unless you're, Came Jordan with this Fu Manchalorian. I mean, could you legitimately give me a characteristic or point out who certain Saints players sort of are? You know, I mean, you you and I probably could it. better than others, and I'm, it depends. God, I'm telling you right now, I honestly don't know what Marcus. No, no, I mean, but but obviously, like, it depends. Know? It depends on the right. player, you know. I mean, it, right. a new no, guy that hasn't that hasn't. If it was former correct. Saints cornerback C.J. Gardner Johnson slash D back oh, safety, whatever, everyone, everyone could, right? But, but no, it, thing, uh, like, Marcus May, you're right. It's like, tell me what, what Zach Wood looks like, everybody, right now. Do it. Like, you can't. No. Right? I, He's on the team, you but you can't. I mean, well, you can tell me what Jam- who Jameis Winston is or Michael Thomas. Uh, what is what is what is Dejon Dixon on the practice squad? Exactly what does he look like if he's not in uniform? Do you recognize him? Like, right. Yeah. No. Well, you and, might and recognize Traquan. And the other thing, too, Scott, is, you know, being around and you go to the practices and, you look in the parking lots, a lot of these cars either have tint or, you know, darker tint than, than most, um, or the windows rolled up. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, like, I, I'm just trying, I'm just, again, all I can go by is what the report says, you know? Well, I do think, listen, you're identified, I, but I don't know how you would identify him unless a window was rolled down. His name is being said. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I think, listen, would, I, I think even that. though, he, look, so it's worth noting his attorney has spoken and says that Marcus vehemently denies the allegation. He's not said, he didn't say Marcus wasn't there, nothing happened. Right. He says the allegation. And so Marcus has the side of the story. And yes, I do think that's, that is worth noting. But if you're a Saints fan, I mean, the guy is already dealing with another legal issue from a fight for a 2021 arrest for allegedly, you know, driving while intoxicated. And when these things start to build up, you know, for the NFL, even after the legal process plays out, which they'll, you know, they'll likely wait until it does. It doesn't even, you know, it it might, if it's settled, if something happens outside of it, if it doesn't fully, you know, if he gets, if he doesn't get charged, it doesn't mean the NFL might not still come down, but they don't typically punish players until the legal situation plays out. Uh, so much like Kamara's situation or May's other case, the league will stay out of it unless, look, I've said this for years. I mean, video changes everything. If some kind of video were to become public, then the NFL just does something right away. Uh, and they and they often go, you know, farther than they would otherwise. And that's just, that's just the reality of the situation. But... You know, somebody asked me when it happened. They're like, well, I guess he didn't play in this season. I'm like, no, he might be playing you know, a week from Sunday. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a, it's a good story. It doesn't mean he's playing all year. But, you know, unless the team does something. But Dennis Allen, you know, on one hand, you're, you're prepared in the DB, where in, in the defensive backfield where you've had, you know, we've talked about it. Man, they finally got depth at that position for the first time ever. And now, in a matter of a couple days, You've lost two, we'll say starters, because C.D. Deuce, by nature of of the kind of defense Dillis Allen likes to play, and the fact that there's five DBs on the field, the majority of the time kind of was a starter. And now you've lost two, just like that. Now, the C.D. Deuce, when they were prepared for it, they knew it was coming. They They were trying to move on, and we've talked about it a lot this week. 
the May thing, they this was not one they were preparing for. Um, add in the fact that Trevor Penning is on IR now after getting hurt last week. I mean, a lot can change in a week, Gus, and I, I'm not telling you that I suddenly think the Saints are going to have a losing record. Nothing like I'm not. I'm not. I know you're going to try to accuse me of saying something I didn't say, but I, I do think this last week can impact maybe my prediction overall on wins losses because this is not the kind of momentum you want going into a season. And I'm not going to say, ah, you know, Penning's injury and 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 the fact that you know Marcus May got arrested for the second time in the last year, by the way, and the fact that C.D. Deuce isn't there anymore and he got traded for a bag of Skittles, that doesn't really impact the team at all. Like I can't, I can't lie to myself. I can't say that. I mean, there is going to be an impact on the field, no question. Yeah, I mean, I think also morale, uh, and I say morale, I mean, in terms of the, the locker room's got to get addressed one way, shape, or form uh, on any of those things, right? I mean, obviously, after that incident uh, with May, true not how it went down or not, regardless, got to imagine, you know, Dennis uh, speaks uh, with everyone. As you know, here's here's the thing with with the, I guess the the roster and in the moves there. Look, Trevor Penning impacts you on the depth aspect of it for sure. I mean, that's without question. Was he going to start? I don't think so. He was still going to be behind James Hurst. And yesterday, you find out through reports and you know by. Nick speaking, Nick Underhill, New Orleans, that football to him that he's healthy and ready to go. So your starting left tackle is good. Depth-wise, absolutely. Um, Now, could Trevor have pushed at certain points? I don't know. I think you were really good at bringing up early on in in the process here with with Trevor Penning, you know, whether, you know, took Armstead a little bit before he eventually got to starting. So could he have eventually started? Maybe. Um, Look, in that drive, you saw – a lot of his positives, you know, run block, incredible. The play that Jameis Winston got hit, you saw what he needs to work on. He got beat. Um, and, and his guy, you know, hit Jameis Winston. So not to say that he couldn't get better. He was getting progressively better. And look, anytime you miss time over the next couple of weeks with the torn ligament in a foot to alignment, that stings. So, yeah, I would say to an extent, Scott, it affects your roster, um, from a depth standpoint, but he was not going to be your starter. CD Deuce hurts you. There, I, I can't sit here and say, Scott, you're overreacting because you lost your starting nickel. I mean, that's just, that just is what it is. I mean, you, you can't lose a starter in someone that does bring certain elements to your football team and then say you're better without that individual. Now, if you want to argue with me team-wise, say not me, that you're better in the long run from somebody that can either be a distraction or somebody that may or may not want to be with your team. And, you know, Dennis Allen, the last couple of days has been very adamant about it. It's all about the team. He spoke um, earlier in the week and about allowing people to be themselves. He's all about that as long as it's within the framework of the team. And yeah, I, I, I hear it a lot from Saints fans all of a sudden that, you know, wait a minute, now all of a sudden this guy is a locker room issue. Now all of a sudden this guy, you know, is a problem. I think the team's trying to smear him and all this. I, look, all I know is this, and it was brought up by you on the show, and I thought it was a very good point when you came on Wednesday on our show, that 
when this team tried to go get Deshaun Watson, which I'll circle back to, they, his name popped up. He was one of the names being brought up involved in trades. So that was months ago. And then you add what happened at camp, and I've spoken to two people that remember certain instances at practice uh, that maybe we didn't get to see the rest of the media. And he not only made comments to coaches, but absolutely some people thought that some of those injuries that, that he held out for a practice or two were not. And he was making a point. So if it was progressing, that's an issue. Now, I said circle back because this team did try to go get Deshaun Watson, who they know was going to be a distraction to an extent. And um, so how much of a locker room problem can a locker room problem sort of be if you're going to do that? I, look, it's just it's odd timing. It's odd that you feel like the best thing for your team is to part ways inside of you know two weeks of the season opener with your starting, you know, nickel corner. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to understand that other than what Dennis Allen said though, Scott, it's that he believes that there's depth there. And, you know, when you look at CD Deuce, it, it is what he brought to the table more of what everyone seems to be referring to the, the juice, the getting people under their skin, getting them ejected. There's no, people, look, there's no one like him. I mean, he, he was yeah. the, the thing that he did that set him apart that endeared him to a fan base uh, is, is the thing that, that just can't be replaced. I mean, there, there wasn't a, pl- there's not a player in the league that's better at getting under an opponent's skin than Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I mean, I, Give me someone like at least, I, I don't even. It, you're going to be hard pressed to even argue with it. I mean, that's something that mm-hmm. he did, and it was a weapon. And you can't replace that. As far as replacing him on the field, yeah, I think it has something to do with why they wanted to bring Bradley Roby back. I think they saw this as a possibility. Um, and you know, Underhill wrote about it, but it's like you know, Roby. Maybe he's playing in the slot of its games against a, a really good slot receiver. Maybe it's. Someone else in the slot, like PJ Williams, if it's somebody that's you know if it's a team that's that's running the ball more. Whereas with Gardner Johnson, while he wasn't you know while he had his limitations at times, you didn't have to do that with him. You didn't have to plug and play. He was just there, and a position that you you know had a lot of depth that you suddenly don't. And Debo, you know, day to day, right? You don't even know he's going to be healthy enough to go week one. So that that. That area, and then going back to the O-line, I mean, I, I, I've been saying it's the area I was most concerned about because of depth, and you've lost depth there. Uh, it's just it's, it's concerning. I'm not trying to tell everyone the sky is falling. You didn't just lose you know, your starter and backup quarterback. That's what I'm saying. But, guys, I have heard a lot of, you know, and I've seen a lot of, ah, you know, it's going to be fine. I guess no big deal. Everything matters. Every one of these things matters, some more than others, but – they they are part of the dynamic of a team that you've got a new regime. Oh, you promoted from within. Okay, you did, but you can't tell me it's the same. You try to go for the continuity, but it's it's just different. I mean, and that's true anytime you promote from within uh, at any level. I mean, you you I talk to Coach Desimo every week. You had Coach Coach Des on your show earlier this week. It is in a lot of ways okay. There's some continuity there, but it's a new regime. It is. I mean, for the first time since uh, the Katrina season, you don't have either Sean Payton or Drew Brees in the building. That's that's a big thing. And I think all of these little things that are happening right now, 
they have a lot to do with what that locker room is going to feel like in the next couple of months. Now, you got great leadership in the locker room, obviously, and veterans and Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram, and, you know, we could go on and on. They've, they, they seem like they have stability there, and it seems like it's, it's highly important to, to the staff because I don't – like, we'll never know if Chauncey Gardner-Johnson would have played out the year without his contract and not been a distraction – not been a negative distraction in the locker room. We'll never know. What we do know, Gus, is that the staff wasn't willing to take that risk. And so I'm, I'm just, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it felt like there was a lot of positive momentum when we talked last week and then since last Friday's game. And now there hadn't been a lot of positive things coming out of Saints camp. It's not like it's been 24-7 bad, but I feel like some Saints fans right now, they're just waiting. You got one, Saint, you know, one set of Saints fans that are panicking, like, oh, my God, what comes next? And another that are, I guess, in denial that nothing bad has happened. And I guess that's somewhat normal, you know? I mean, like, there's some that are panicked and some that are just ignoring the whole thing. And as usual, when it comes to this job, when we break it down, it's the reality is it's let's, let's, let's not get too far one side or the other. Let's just take it for what it is. A couple of bad breaks for the Saints, something they're going to have to overcome. I, I know what side you're on. They're now a four-win team. Is that what you're saying? No, you know? no, I'm not, I, I ain't doing. I'll give you my prediction next week, but I no, I, I four-win no. team. Well, look, Scott, I, I I agree with you to an extent that I mean you you can't have things like this and and, and think it it doesn't affect certain things. I I just still look at it like this, and I, I don't know if you want to call me the denial club because I don't think I'm that, but at the same time. Do, do I still think this team is not a good football team because of those two moves? I, I, is the defense better? Of course not. Do they have the depth? We'll see. It hasn't been answered. Um, you do know that somebody that was productive is no longer on your team. Plus, he's now the starting safety of a team in the conference that many believe can win the NFC East. So you didn't ship him to Jacksonville. I mean, you know, so... <laughs> You know, you you made the Eagles better. I would I would argue. I I don't know to an extent that if he was going to be the best nickel corner in the league or was. I know he proclaimed it. I know a lot of people here in the city felt that he was really good at what he did, and he helped. There's no doubt about it. But um, are the Falcons going to drive down the field faster now? I I I, I have a hard time saying that the defense. You know, went from a a ten to a five. Did they go from a ten to a nine five or nine? I don't think they went below an eight. Scott, I still think this is a, still good a good defense. I mean, whether it's Roby in the slot who had six interceptions during this training camp, and now you can say it's practice. I'm like, okay, well, it's practice, and that's what you have to go by. Uh, whether it's Alante Taylor, who they, you know, DA spoke about yesterday. Obviously, him missing time stinks, but I, I think they're happy with him. And at the end of the day. I'm not diminishing it at all. I'm just I, I'm trying to look at it um, as realistic as possible. He, he's the slot corner, you know. I mean, it, it's the it's the one spot on the field that gets me giddy for Chris Olave because Chris Olave is going against the third corner, the slot corner, the guy that isn't the shutdown corner. It's not Jay Alexander. It's not you know normally now. They may be matchups and defenses may move those guys, but for the most part, you would think the number one corner's got Thomas. The number two corner's going to have Jarvis Landry, vice versa. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I can't say I look at what's happened in the last couple of days 
and say, oh, there it is. You know, the Saints are going in a direction or this has something to do, you know, and I don't know, I don't think that's what you were insinuating. And now that Drew is at the, you know, the sidelines, the Purdue game and Sean's as an analyst, this is what happens because I, I think what you've seen in the Sean Payton era, if there was somebody that was upsetting the locker room, Sean pulled the trigger. Sean cleaned house on Jimmy Graham. Sean cleaned house on, um, you know, Kenny Stills back then. Brandon, you know, closed mouths don't get fed cooks. So Sean did do things like this if this was the case. Injuries happen. I, I, I mean, again, Penning hurts from a depth standpoint immediately because I don't think he was starting on, on Sunday, the 11th. So, you know, I, I get it. And at the same time, I still look at the Saints right now, Scott, and I think they're going to beat the Falcons, and I think they're going to beat the Panthers, and I think they have, they're as good a shot, and I think they're better than the Bucks. I, I just I, – I get the, the, the feeling on it, man. Um, I do. And, you know, it does stink and – about the May thing, but I guess you, you look at it from a football standpoint and a football standpoint is until the NFL gets cases or things of that nature, he's going to play on Sunday. So you still have your starting safety. And if not, you know, then you start thinking about how many dinks and dunks you do. And hopefully your offense is better than last year. It can help maybe uh, a not as good defense. I still think they're going to be really good. And, I guess my, my one bit of, you know, it's going to be okay, Scott, and I pat you on the top of the head here. Well, Saints offense is going to be better than they were last year. So I don't need a defense that's probably going to get three to six points from the offense to win me a game, if that makes any sense. Yes. I don't miss Chauncey, but I think they'll be fine. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Um, all right, Gus. So with that being said, um, as far as the Saints go with, with, you know, the last week or so. Um, I said it's been, you know, a lot of negative headlines. Give me something positive, since you're always accusing me of being so negative. Give me give me a positive mm-hmm. headline. Get, what, what is the most positive thing that has happened in the world of the New Orleans Saints over the last seven days? Well, the last seven days, uh, what's today, Friday? So last Friday, I mean, I, I think you, you absolutely saw uh, a sliver of that potential uh, of what I've been saying, you know, when it comes to this offense with, with you, I mean, it, not just, you just, you know, on your show and on, on our shows that I, I think you're going to see a team that is going to have a lot of space back over the middle. It was part of our discussion last Friday about, can they run that Drew Brees like offense? And, you know, I kept trying to get you to see that. I, I think you absolutely can. Cause that offense is about the offense, about the timing and getting, you know, those throws down the field and pushing it. And, you know, I get it's the drive that was against guys that probably aren't teams on the team right now for the Chargers. That's fine. But I would then argue then that's what you should have seen, right? I mean, like, that's what you should have seen. Like, when LeBron goes and cooks in the Drew League for 47 points, okay, playing against guys that – you know, had a stint in the NBA or something like that. He's not going up against starters currently in the NBA. He should be cooking them. Um, but I just look at certain things I think do translate, and, and that's the timing, the quickness of the decision-making, the accuracy of the balls. I know that's something you and I talked about last week, that you're still concerned from Jameis, that 
you know, can he push it down the field? His average of his four completions were 14.3 yards. They weren't five. So, you know, it, it's what I keep saying. You're, you're going to see 20 yards and in throws. They're going to be on time. I think he can deliver that. And then the other thing that I think is really good news, Scott, if you and I don't want to see eye to eye with Jameis, we're going to see eye to eye with 41, aren't we? I mean, like how quick did Kamara look in that drive and uh, the strength of moving the pile. And, and it's kind of what I've seen in practice when um, I was asked by a caller, you know, they're going to keep a fullback. I'm like, I, I have seen, and I think I might have mentioned to you on your show, I've seen more eye formations. I have seen more run calls. And I think it's more of a balanced attack. You're going to see that. And when you looked at that opening drive, I think you saw that. You heard the players talk about it last week. So in the last seven days, I have to start with what I saw. I have to go with the fact that the first two quarterbacks in this offense didn't throw an incompletion this preseason. Again, you can say who it's against. You can say what it was. At some point, you have to at least say they were in games. And even at practice, that I will take 14 for 14. I will take no incompletions, no picks by the top two guys. It gives me a sense of what this offense can be the more they actually do it. Um, I love what you see with Alave. I think you see why Landry's going to be solid. He's going to find space. He's not going to drop anything. And, and, he, and he makes you more accurate because he's going to catch it around there. We hadn't even seen Michael Thomas. That's one of those things that I'm with you. Um, it, you know, to continue, I guess, the, the way this week sort of is, Scott, I, I know you, you're going you're gonna to feel like, here we go, if he doesn't play next week. And I'm probably going to be like, that's great. Can he play the next 16 weeks? I, I need him healthy. It's a hamstring. It's not, you know, because I, I got it this week, Scott. And I know we're, we're trying to talk about the positive things, but I am trying to be positive about this because, I've gotten it all this week. Here we go again. He doesn't want to play. He's a diva. I don't think it's I'm anything. Like, it's oh nothing. It, no, it's not that he doesn't want to play. No, but the concern is, you know, can he, like, he just hadn't been healthy in two years. And I know it's just a hamstring. I get it. But hamstrings can linger. And I, you're right. It's not, if, it's, if it was, you know, his foot or something that he had had major surgery on, that's what I'm it would be more concerning. Right, right. I'm with you there. But right. it's still like, right. Boy, I mean, if if you could just if you could get him, you know, I, I gotta and, and unfortunately, Gus, you're gonna have to forgive me, but I have to let you hear some audio because um, mm-hmm. we had a caller that you know it was it's still it's still kind of bothering me. Like I hear it in my head, but they let's just say our fans get really really excited about Michael Thomas whenever he's playing. I just said watching Michael Thomas. Play receiver is a surefire cure for ED if you're a Saints fan. I got you. Okay. <laughs> It'll make you come out hawking. Right. It'll make you come out hawking. Right. You'll help. Ah! Ah! God, all right, that's enough. I mean, you, like, that, that's that, part of me is concerned if he plays. I mean, I don't know what kind of calls I'm going to get into the show, Gus. <laughs> um, I'll say this, man. And, it's probably along the lines of what all of us were kind of maybe not oh, to, no. uh, to that extent, <laughs> not to that extent. But I will say, it was hard to not go to practice and not get excited when you saw some of those plays and catches that he was making. And the reason I say that is because he did, like Nick Underhill wrote, looks like 2019 Michael Thomas because he did 
Like all of us that were at practice made mention, my goodness, this guy is catching everything, looks strong, looks physical. And I guess that's why I'm not freaking out about it, is that if we hadn't seen him through camp, Scott, shows up a week, hammy, dude, I'm sounding the alarm, right? But up until the Green Bay um, practices, he did everything. And he was, you know, I mean, he looked great. And he was dominant, you know, and he looked fantastic. I mean, again, Dennis Allen even brought it up. He's like, he, he looks like Michael Thomas out there. Um, I, I understand the history. I understand all that. But as I've explained it, since Dennis Allen's taken over, nothing has happened to either add to that old history or to continue, I think, rightfully, for people to think about that history. He, he's, he's not been a locker room issue. He's not, not spoken with the team. He's not, not attended things. He's not, that, that hasn't happened since Dennis Allen took over. So, and it was frustrating because for the last six months, fans are still on that. There he is again. What is he? What, what, what is he? What, 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 there he is. What, what exactly is he doing? He, he was working out in California to get healthy. He showed up on camp and forced, essentially, D.A. Mickey Loomis to start training camp with him. He worked out for him the day of training camp, the morning of day one, to prove that he could do it. You're not there if he hadn't been working. He attended the OTAs in minicamp. But it didn't work, Gus, but he was there. He was there. Marshawn Lattimore and Demario Davis weren't there. He was there. So I, I, I don't understand that notion of, and again, I'm not defending, I'm just bringing up the facts that in six months, he has been at the facility, he has done everything that he needs to do to get healthy, and I keep bringing it up. If you don't want to believe me and think that I'm working for his agent, I'll just say this, his agent will tell you, he wants to get paid, he's got to play. The Saints want to trade him, because some Saints fans won't let go of that, he's got to play. I mean, you, you have to play. So both parties want him to play. <laughs> and you know who hasn't been playing? Marshawn Lattimore. He's healing and nursing, you know, a hamstring injury. Pete Werner, nursing, healing, growing injury. Soft tissue injuries happen. And unfortunately, to some players, it's something they've dealt with. No one ever says Marshawn Lattimore can't stay healthy. The guy hasn't stayed healthy. He hasn't played a full season. But no one talks to him about it like that. Because he's Warner never missed like hasn't been most off season. When, when you know, miss a whole season, uh, it's well, you, look. But, your I point mean, about Lattimore is interesting because Armstead played a lot of games last year, and everyone made it sound like he missed the whole year when they would talk about him. Like, oh well, you can't right. pay him. I mean, this that. It's like, yeah, he played, he played played most of the games. Yeah, he, when he did play, he was playing hurt, and he missed some games. And yes, he has missed games in his career, but. It's interesting. Lattimore's missed some time. Um, maybe not as much, but he hasn't had that uh, that follow him yet. And I get it with Thomas. When you get the contract and you play a few games over the course yeah. of two years and none last year, I get it. And when you are, you know, arguably, if he plays, and I expect him to, if he plays and he's healthy, <laughs> I do, I do. If he plays and he's healthy, then that's the that's the biggest offseason addition. Yeah, he was already on your team, but that's the biggest offseason addition for the team and arguably one of the bigger ones in the league because you go you just you just add it, you know, an in a, a a wide receiver that holds over 25 all-time NFL records. You just added him, right, to an offense that you know, you had him 
briefly two years ago. You didn't have it all last year. So it's 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 a it's a big one, and hopefully he'll be good to go week one, which is uh, a week from Sunday. Gus Gagnon's been our guest. All right, my friend, just a few more questions for you. We'll move off the Saints for a second. College football is here, right? I know we had week zero, blah. Last night, the backyard brawl was fun. Purdue blew it to Penn State. That was another one. I mean, you had the the, the Pitt West Virginia game. It just it, it the, the over seventy thousand, the fans, the pageantry. It I know I know it's lame to say oh football's back and people have been saying it forever. For me though, last night felt like all right, college football really it's here, it's back. We're in it. We got tons of kickoffs tomorrow. Cajuns are kicking off tomorrow. LSU kicks off Sunday. It's it's here, man. And I I enjoyed last night having meaningful football, an old historic rivalry that because of conference realignment they hadn't played in over 10 years, seeing the fans hating each other, getting into every snap, tip drill, pick six, the marching bands. It was it was a beautiful thing, man. I finally felt like, all right, I, I, I've been scratching this dang itch for the last month plus. I'm glad it's finally good. No, I'm with you, man. I think when you look at not not only the type of games and as you mentioned the pageantry and all of that, I mean, I, it's it, it's why we love it so much, right? I, I I feel it's sort of like when we're just talking about the last you know thirty minutes about the Saints, you know, like you know what's going to be better about all of this is that we're actually going to see games. We're actually going to get to see if you know the secondary is deep. We're actually going to see if Jameis can. You know, hit the broad side of a barn, like you always like to say, because you think he's worse than Cam Newton accuracy. No, I'm kidding. I, I just, my, my thing is that, that we at least have games. We have something to actually see and talk about. It. And that love that we have for it, you know, um, is going to come back. Like I noticed yesterday, not only on social media, and I was seeing you tweet, and I'm watching the games too. And I'm like, you know what wasn't brought up? Conference realignment, NIL. Yeah, yeah. I saw it was funny. I was like, man, it's too bad NIL's ruined all this. I said to myself yes, sarcastically, exactly, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, this is great. Is, yep. Change yep. forever. I'm never going to watch again. You know, these kids don't care. I mean, like, you know, all I saw was the Purdue kid, you know, take a pick six to the end zone, get to the sideline, and upchuck right on national TV. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like, Everywhere. You know, no one's. No one's sitting going, oh, no one's going to watch. No, it was, it was incredible, man. And, and I think that's why you love the game, dude. You just you, you love seeing what college football can do. And um, like I said, I, I, I'm all for it. I'm looking forward to seeing all the different games. And I don't know if my wife is, you know, that <laughs> television is going to kind of you know, but the beauty of it now, though, man, is uh, I can do it all on my on a. You know, maybe I may have to push for like my own iPad or so you know, something let, of that nature. Let me uh, let me ask you this, and then we'll let you run. We've got about two minutes left yeah. here. Uh, what is your regular season win loss prediction for UL and LSU? Um, well, based off of uh, speaking with Coach Dez too, and and the fact that. Um, Coach Delfo for Southeastern was on Tuesday too, and he's like, "Oh, they still picked the, the win, you know, the, the the conference." So that that makes me well, the, feel good. the division, um, right? The West, the Western, yeah, the division, division yeah. The, right? The division. Sorry. Um, so why not? I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. Scott, what, what was it? Nine, nine games, yeah. nine ten. I mean, does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, eight, I, yeah, you know, you say nine and three. I, I won't argue. I, yeah. I think that's yeah. I mean, and, and look, and I think um, that is 
a good season, you know, and I don't mean like in a bad way or something, but it's, if we're going to sit here and be like, Hey, what are the shoes that Dennis Allen has to fill? And can that program continue in the same way when you don't have a possible hall of fame coach and all that? And I'm not saying Billy Napier is going to the college football hall of fame, but Billy Napier changed the program or, you know, he put it in a certain direction in the track and expectation level and everything. But, you know, sort of like what the Saints are doing, you know, Des is part of that staff. He's played there. There's a obviously emotional connection. So I think those things do matter. It's about having players that are, that are there. You know, you got to get players. And, you know, where are those players right now? And, and I, I guess that's the thing. It's the same thing with LSU. You know, Scott, when I look at it, I, I think with the Tigers, there's talent. I, I don't know what you're going to get out of the quarterbacks. I don't know. I, I, I am not, not a fan of Garrett Nussmeyer. I'm just not ready to call him Brett Favre, like apparently most of the media, you know, like now again, I don't see him. I, I don't look at practice, but I feel like the way certain people that cover the Tigers reference him, um, he's Brett Favre. And in the games that I've seen him play, I, okay, he, you know, he has that flair of chunking it down there in that arm talent. I just, uh, let's just breathe before we say that. Um, but you have to go out there on the field and do it. You know, I, I remember seeing, you know, Jaden Daniels, you know, play, and he was electric. I mean, he, he won some games for Herm Edwards. Like, I was surprised it went as south as it did. Um, I don't know what the running back situation is for LSU, and it stinks that Emory, per his words, has a three eight three nine, and he's not going to play at least now two games. That's for Chris Blair yesterday. It's like at least, and, and the word at least is a lot different than just two games. So I don't know what that means. But there's some question marks there for that. I will say this, though, Scott. LSU is still LSU. They, they have talent. They've lost games, and they, they looked the way they did last year. So what, what's you, what you got here? What's, what, what's, what's know, the record so, at the end of the regular season? Um, I think they're going to be better coached. I think they got some talent, and I think they're better than whatever, what, fourth or fifth in the West? I think they finished third in the West. Um, give, give me eight wins. Okay. All right. Nine and three, eight and four. Gus Catengill, follow him on Twitter at GCAT underscore one seven. Listen to the Sports Hangover weekdays, noon to three on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. Enjoy the football this weekend. Happy Labor Day. Appreciate you taking the time, my friend, and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, man, not a problem. Take care, buddy. You got it. That is the great Gus Catengill.